While the Panthers women's basketball team lost on Tuesday night, the real story for the team was Kyla Nelson making her return to the court after being diagnosed with cancer in October. ESPN reporter Holly Rowe, a cancer survivor, surprised Nelson before the game, offering her words of encouragement. This inspirational story extends beyond the play on the court, and Panther fans should be proud of Nelson and her fight. We discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One health game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail the pit. Hail to pit. Yeah, baby! We're back! This is the week of December 21st, and this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. It's that time of year where we stop our obsession with the 18 to 22-year-old college students and focus our attention on the 17 and 18-year-old high school students. Time to talk some crouton! The early National Signing Day was this week. And we are here to discuss who picked which hat and what the new class of Panthers brings to the table. Vince, this is basically all you today because this is what you live for. Yeah, this is an exciting time. A, bu- a bunch of new players. Uh, it's like Christmas. You're opening up a bunch, a bunch of presents here. And hopefully down the line, these kids can really deliver some victories to the Panthers, which at the end of the day, that's what we're all after. So today we're going to talk about who signed, who sent the fax in to Pat Narduzzi and had him putting out the Pat signals this week. We'll break them down. We'll also talk about, as Pam mentioned at the top, a super, super awesome moment for Pitt women's basketball and Pitt men's basketball is doing well. I saw Coach Capel at the Apple store. He looked all right. It's been a great week, Pam. Yeah, it really has. Uh, Even though the Pitt women's team lost, like I alluded to in the open, some inspirational stories happening. Uh, Got some new Panthers in in with commitments. That's always good to get some some new players here. Yes, new Mm. blood to talk about. And, of course, the bowl game coming up, we will have a special, special edition of the podcast where we talk solely about the bowl game, the Quick Lane Bowl against Eastern Michigan. That's coming at you early next week. Uh, just in time for the holidays, uh, and it'll be out earlier than normal just so everyone can sink their teeth into that episode before the bowl game. Just a programming note there for you. But uh, we are on social media, if you want to communicate with us that way, at H2P Show on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the Hail to Pit podcast Gmail is crackalackin2, right, Pam? That's hail, the number two, pitpodcast at gmail.com. I got that right, yeah. right? Nice. All yes. right. I'm two for two. And then what about this? You asked for it, and now you get it. The new Hail to Pit podcast, Panther Line. Is that what we want to call it, Vince? The Panther Line? That's a good name for the, it. The Panther Line. Or what about the, 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 the H2P line? I don't know. It's a dang old phone number, and it's a voicemail for you to either get on the show or ask a question or make a comment for us to talk about on the show. 
And that number is 412-407-3387. I did not take the time to look at the lettering behind those numbers yet, Pam. I'm sure we could come up with something interesting than other than just saying the numbers. But for now, it's 412-407-3387. I'm expecting a lot of people calling in. And please, when you call in, make sure you close out saying hail to Pitt. I, I don't think I need to tell anybody that, though. Right, Pam? No, it's mandatory for your voicemail to be even considered to be on the show. <laughs> exactly. That's 412-407-3387. And hopefully we'll be airing some of your calls on the show and reacting to them. And that could go into, you know, our segments where we, you know, we read about what people are talking about online with regards to Pitt. And now we can maybe hear directly from you on the voicemail. Uh, we had some people asking us to open one up. And there you have it. 412 407 Three three eight seven. Of course, we love interacting with people on Reddit and on Panther Lair as well. As well, we are everywhere, and uh, we were definitely reading all the comments on these players we're going to talk about this week. A lot of people have uh, either uh, inside info, uh, extreme opinions. I mean, recruiting season's always fun, so we're going to get into it in a moment. Just remember, though, we are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com to start your own podcast today with your own personal producer at your beck and call, helping you do your show your way. That's prettyeasypodcasts.com. Real quick pieces of news, Vince, to get out of the road before we get to all these new recruits. Uh, Jalen Twyman, second team All-America. That feels good to have a Pitt Panther, at least on one of those teams. Not first team, but that's pretty good. Yeah, for only uh, uh, you know a, a sophomore season there, that's rather impressive for Mr. Twan. It is, and it's going to be a, a a crazy season for him next year because he's going to go into that one with even greater expectations. And dare I say it, a lot of people, I mean, they already are, but the Aaron Donald comparisons, Pam, you got to imagine are going to be off the chain next week, next year for Jalen Twyman. Oh, yeah, it's going to get some national attention as well. I mean, a little bit when ESPN was here for the Thursday night game, but it's just going to keep growing. And um, especially if the two guys work out again, this off season together. And may- maybe he won't be doing <clears throat> pizza hut commercials just yet with Aaron Donald Vince, but maybe, maybe the two could hook up for like an Angelia's or Vocelli's uh, commercial or something uh, <laughs> yeah. going into the next season. Oh no, wait, he's not allowed to do that. He'll be allowed to That's do that. Though. Is that a violation with new rules? I, I... They haven't been in place. Let's keep him away from any commercial activity. We need him on the field. I don't know about advertisements, but I'll say this. He's definitely not allowed to get paid for it. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, you got to think come next season on those preseason, Nagurski Award, Bednarik Award, all all those kind of awards that Aaron Donald won. You got to think he's going to be on the the short list. Congratulations to Jalen Twyman. Second team All-American. That was awesome. Great year for the D-line. Hopefully they close it out the right way in that bowl game. Other quick piece of news. Uh, former running back. Four-star recruit. Uh, is it Was it ever Michael or Mikal? I, I mean, I've heard it per- pronounced both ways. You never know, especially with players who never get on the field. I never know how to pronounce their name until they actually play Vince. Uh, but Salahuddin is with North Carolina AT&T. Yeah, how about that? Uh, um Good, good wireless college. That is. <laughs> it's A N T. I was joking, but I don't know what the A N T stand for. It's agricultural and technical college. Th- that's actually that? 
If I bought that school, though, then I could own it because those are my initials. So there you go. There you go. And congratulations to Mr. Salahuddin getting back out there playing some college ball. Yeah, that's that's a little. He, he uh, didn't have some very nice things to say whenever he was out the door. Um, you know, a kid that had a lot of promise, but you know, for whatever reason, uh, did not get on the field. Uh, I know we had he had some injuries, and then you know. It just just buried on the depth chart. It's, well, it's unfortunate. I mean, we'll, who we'll move on? Who who could who? I mean, how was he going to beat out Pitt's great running backs this year? A lot of sarcasm there. Kind of just yeah, and our silence indicated that too. Just kind of, kind of, kind of bashing the running backs there, but that's not their fault. Pitt never ran the ball this year. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, Vince. Let's move on and talk about maybe some potential. Uh, actual great pit running backs or at least running back that they landed waiting on one more uh early signing period uh overall it felt like i would say if reading online comments at least uh and seeing national reviews pit did all right but could have done better some people said um i know personally i'm just excited that they got the westinghouse uh defensive end huge get day on hayes that's the one that stood out to me the most. Always pumped whenever you recruit in your own backyard. Yeah, a four-star player uh, regarded as one of the top, the number three player in the state of Pennsylvania by Rivals.com. Um, uh, this kid, you know, he, he uh, you know, a, an excellent size, 6'3", 250 pounds, uh, recruited by a, a lot of big-time schools, Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, Michigan State, just to name a few. Um, but uh, yeah, like you said, Alan, always good to get uh, you know the t- top player in the state, Pam, and also uh, a kid that um, could kind of replenish uh, that uh, defensive line uh, whenever. Eventually, there's going to be some of those guys graduating uh, that good defensive line that we have, and this kid sounds like he'll be able to fill right in. Yeah, he led Westinghouse to one of its first or first in a very long time city league league titles this year. So it's good to see a kid that also knows how to win and can be a leader on a team and um, definitely will be a position of need there. Probably one of the top players in this class that they got. I mean, the one that stood out to me the most uh, just because of, I mean, anytime you get a D lineman that size with that, that pedigree and they are from you know the city i gotta be hyped for that as a pit panther fan who stood out to you pam uh the person that stood out to me is uh javante royal a defensive back um from fort lauderdale lauderdale florida um four stars and from the high school powerhouse of saint thomas aquinas heights high school there in florida um a lot of great players have come from that high school uh, we've talked about in the past or even off air about pit recruiting in Florida and how that's become a big priority. And I think uh, Javante Royal really fits in what Narduzzi wants to do. Um, we saw this year how Narduzzi's defense can work. Um, he's a bigger defensive back, 6'3 already. Um, he had offers from Georgia, Florida, Florida State, Penn State, and Ohio State right there on the board. So um, I'm looking for him to be a contributor right away and see see how he can uh, fit into Narduzzi's defense. 
And you think, Vince, that Javante Royal will come into the program as a corner or, or a safety? Because I saw mixed reactions, people saying a lot of these DBs that they landed are going to be safety prospects more so than corners. Well, you know, Coach Narduzzi likes those big time, big corners, guys with, with good length. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you got Dane Jackson is going to be, uh, uh, you know, he's graduated. You got uh, DeMar Hamlin is graduated so you know uh not that you know there's gonna not that he's gonna jump in and and really compete for a starting job but there's gonna be some reserve spots uh whether there may be some unprovenness that uh javante royal could jump in there and maybe uh you could see him uh starting uh or, or not starting but contributing right away hopefully and we'll we'll get back to some of the dbs there vince in a second but i've been waiting to hear who, who was the one that you're most excited for in terms of early signing period that Pitt landed? Uh, right now, well, there's several guys, but uh, after uh, hearing uh, coaches, Coach uh, talk in his press conference today, I'm, I'm rather interested in Solomon DeShields. Uh, this is a, 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 a player who's played multiple positions in high school. I was thinking he was going to be a linebacker or safety, but then Coach said he's going to start out on offense at wide receiver. Uh, 6'1", 210 pounds, three stars out of Millville, New Jersey, Pam. Home of Mike Trout. I was going to say, yeah, uh, this guy might be end up being the most famous guy ever out of Millville by the time Stop. it's all said and done. Uh, Stop. Uh, the thing that's... That, no offense, Solomon. <laughs> the thing that uh, that stuck out to me, uh, you, know, you, you could see the physicality uh, of this kid whenever you put on the tape, and Coach talked about it. This kid just looks... Uh, uh, just very broad, just very physical, strong. Uh, it sounds like he's somebody, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily think he was going to contribute necessarily right away, but the way Coach is talking to, about it, it sounds like he's he's pretty excited about him. And something to note, he's going to be one of seven players that will be enrolling early in the spring. So we'll be able to get a good look at this kid uh, in just a couple of months. That's super exciting if you can get an explosive athlete. We'll see, uh, of course, how all these players pan out, but you're going to have to wait for most of them. But what about those insta-tight ends, Vince? Those guys are going to get plugged in and have to, well, it, the, the bar is pretty low for what they have to do compared to what happened this year, but Pitt's going to be playing Daniel Moraga, Lucas Kroll, pretty much right out of the gate. Uh, Lucas Kroll, for sure. Uh, I, I would say both these guys, considering there's only two other tight ends on the roster right now. Uh, and then you had these two guys here, Lucas Kroll, uh, big kid out of Florida. Uh, now, Pam, this guy, he was a baseball player at, at Arkansas originally, and then he ended up at Florida, um, and he'll be a, a graduate transfer. Um, he's only going to have one season eligibility. It worked out pretty well with Kylan Johnson last year, uh, a, a one-year player from Florida. So I hope we have that same kind of success. Uh, and Daniel Morgan – 6'4", 240 pounds uh, out of your backyard, Alan, Ventura, California. Um, uh, community college, junior college transfer there, uh, originally at Fresno State, uh, and then went to junior college for a year. We're going to have two years of eligibility here for this kid. Uh, these guys, they're big, they're athletes, and if they could catch the ball, Pam, they could contribute right away, I would say. Yeah, why is it that 
it seems like Pitt goes to the tight end to the transfer market a lot for tight end. Is they haven't been able to recruit any. I feel like that might have been happening before Narduzzi a little bit. Yeah, you know? it might be the nature of the position of a tight end too. I mean, maybe you recruit a guy at tight end and then. Like, wasn't Brian O'Neill supposed to be a tight end, or was he supposed to be? He was supposed to be a tight end. Yeah, maybe because how their bodies develop as they get older. Well, I'll say this. A couple years ago, he had three tight ends in his class, and two of them uh, uh, left school for one reason or another. It just seems like they haven't been able to recover from that at the position. I'm hoping hoping big things from Kai Wright, uh, who who redshirted this past season. Um, I'm hoping, uh, you know, Kid's supposed to be a tremendous athlete, and as soon as he, uh, you know, gets to uh, I'll kind of up the snuff here, uh, hopefully next year that he'll be able to contribute. Was he a freshman last year? He was a freshman this past year. He redshirted. I'm, I'm excited to see what he could bring to the table next year. So the Insta tight ends, guys getting opportunities there at that position, uh, coming in with this recruiting class. And then I had a question, Vince, for you on uh, this linebacker, Bangali Kamara out of Akron. Uh, three-star recruit. Am I looking in his his measurements right? Is he a six foot two hundred ninety three pound linebacker? Two hundred? I know. I think you're you're about a hundred pounds too heavy. One hundred ninety three pounds. One hundred ninety three pound linebacker. It's pretty small. Uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, those heights and weights. I mean, th- those could be old that that I have on my list here. Were they measuring uh, this kid? Were they measuring this kid as a freshman in high school? <laughs> Yeah, I'll say this: this kid's kid's very explosive, an excellent running back in high school, uh, and, and offered by you know several uh, Big Ten schools: uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Penn State. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I, I what I like, Pam, about this is that there is a lot. There seems to be more building of depth at the linebacker position. So you're not counting on these guys to come in and play immediately. Yeah, the linebacker position seemed to be do seemed to be well this year. The one position um, I think we should jump to is the running backs. There's only one guy in this class that they recruited. Yes, and that's a that's one that I guess we're going to continue to wait and see because there might be one added. But uh, the the word on Israel Abanikanda out of Brooklyn, Vince, is that uh, he might just be enough as the only running back recruit, even though Pitt's still out on one more. Yeah, it, it seems like he may be the only one. Uh, uh, Henry Parrish, who was committed uh, to Pitt for the longest time, and his recruitment has just really blown up uh, during uh, the the fall season. Yeah, a four-star running back out of Miami uh, just last week reopened his uh, recruiting, although he has probably been looking around for, for quite a bit. I, I would not... Uh, put any stock in him signing with the Panthers in in Jan, uh in February. Uh he did not sign anywhere as far as as, as I know. But uh we, we're going to focus on this guy we do have here, Israel Abinaconda. Uh Alan if he is as good as Israel Adesanya, I think <laughs> we have a tremendous player here. Uh 5'10 196 pounds out of Brooklyn, New York a three-star player, one of the top five players in the state of New York. Uh, This kid, I've watched his tape, very excited. He's got a lot of explosiveness. He's going to be another player that's going to be enrolling early in uh, in January. And, Alan, with how up and down that running back position was this year, you got to think that this kid's going to have an opportunity 
uh, to get out there and try to take control of that backfield. Apparently, there's there's just a, a high level of trust you have to reach uh, in, in the Mark Whipple offense in order to get some kind of uh, feature back status. It, at least that's what it, it looked like th- this whole season. So uh, Abani Kanda comes in here, and it, you got to think he has an opportunity because those guys, the other guys just haven't impressed the coaches, it seems. No, they didn't feel like they trusted any of them to kind of carry the load on a consistent basis sometimes at all and my question here then Vince is if you're relating him to Israel Adesanya what does style bending on a football field look like does that mean that this guy's going to be a power runner and a burner both at the same time can we see one of the elite running backs coming in here from Brooklyn I've been thinking about that over the past couple weeks and I'm still not quite sure what that means but uh, (laughs) I'm very excited to see it Uh, I'll tell you something right now in the spring game uh, this is one player I am definitely going to have my eye on. Is he enrolling early? Yes, he is. That's awesome. And there, there, there's your running back, your one running back in this class. A couple of offensive linemen, two big, I mean, one g- gigantic human being <laughs> and, and another very tall, lanky human being who, I mean, at six foot seven, 285, Branson Taylor, I mean, that, that, what I got. Do you think they may, might give that kid a look at tight end? I don't know how what kind of athlete he is, but I, that sort of size made you, makes you think maybe he could I, be a super tall tight end. I don't, I don't know about that, Alan, but I think they're going to definitely ath- try to put two eighty five at six foot seven sounds athletic to me. Yeah, they're going to put some pawns on these on on this guy. I'll tell well, you that. Not right the now. other guy. Uh, you don't. You need <laughs> on, on Michael Statham. You do not need to. He's three hundred and forty pounds. Six foot seven out of Baltimore. My yeah, I, I, yeah. He actually played high school in Delaware, though. Did he? Yeah. There you go. Uh, I I really like this. Uh, two just big behemoth guys that are ready to just line up and move people. Something Pitt struggled with this year. Now I don't expect to see these guys for another couple years on, on the field. Uh, but by then, I think they're going to be finely tuned athletic machines ready to just go out there and steamroll some people. And we talked a little bit about defensive backs earlier with Javante Royal. Uh, you also throw in Hunter Sellers. You talked Solomon DeShields, who probably is going to be on the offensive side now that coach said that, uh, Vince. And then the one I'm also excited about is Buddy Mack, because anytime you get a guy who is also being recruited by uh, you know, military schools, uh, that you got to imagine he's a disciplined, disciplined individual. Uh, Buddy Mac had offers from Navy and the Air Force, also pit stolen from WVU, so that's an added bonus. And he'll be going in there, and I guess they're talking safety for him. Six foot two, hundred eighty-five yeah. pounds. Yeah, they are talking safety, and Pam, this kid plays with a lot of controlled aggression. Is kind of what I would I would say. Very physical, uh, can be very explosive. Uh, hits very hard out there on the football field, but also very disciplined. That's what this team needs, some discipline. I mean, they're fine. <laughs> they're, they're not one of the worst penalized teams and worst with turnovers in the in the nation. Um, yeah, that's definitely what Pitt needs. I'm more so on the offensive line. Don't get me started again. Let me just keep talking about players who haven't committed illegal shifts yet, Pam. Um, also, uh, we have hit the defensive Backs the defensive line. We talked Dayon Hayes, super excited from Westinghouse, and then also Emmanuel Belgrave, 
who is six foot three, 225 out of Miami, also had offers from Nebraska, Rutgers, and Wake Forest. Vince, three yeah. three defensive ends on the on the D line there. Yeah, yeah. And what the nice thing is is that the the depth at defensive line right now for Pitt is so deep that we can afford to redshirt these guys, and then maybe the following year or the year after. Uh, they'll be ready to contribute. They'll have more mature bodies, uh, and they'll be ready to get out there and get after it. And we've seen with Coach Partridge on the defensive line, he's doing an excellent job with these kids. He could teach them good technique, and they'll they'll be ready in time. And uh, we've hit almost all of the recruits here, except uh, looks like we haven't talked A.J. Roberts, who's also there in the linebacker class with Bengali Kamara. Uh, Pitt got a, a Staten Island player and a Brooklyn player. Narduzzi going after New York City kids. Yeah, very interesting. And uh, those are also uh, two guys that are going to be enrolling early. Uh, I, I guess we should we should go over that here. Uh, the, the two tight ends that we talked about, uh, uh, Roberts and DeShields and Mack, also, also going to be enrolling early. Uh, Abanaconda is enrolling early, and as well as uh, one of the wide receivers, uh, Aiden Hanningham, uh, out of out of another Florida player. This guy had—I'm not sure uh, how this guy is only rated three stars with some excellent offers from Auburn, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Ohio State, South Carolina. Uh, this this kid looks like somebody that's got a a ton of athleticism, and could be somebody that could contribute early because. You know, as as many receivers as Pitt has on on this roster, there hasn't been many that have really been able to step up and, and take control of things. We saw Shockey Jock Louis, we saw Jared Wayne, two of the younger guys that that got some playing time this year. But other than that, not too many. Don't forget, no, Trey no. Tipton got taken out of commission <clears throat> too. Yeah, early on. Yeah. Um, yeah, wide receiver is definitely a position of need. So it'll be interesting to see if some of these guys can contribute early on. Yeah, that, another position, just like we talked about running back, wide receiver, probably some opportunity there uh, to step in. Um, that That's that's the interesting thing, uh, right, about Narduzzi uh, and, and his staff, really. They, they give opportunities to young receivers and running backs. And, well, I guess they did it with a quarterback, but every other position, you, if you really got to b- build your way in, into some playing time, um, maybe, I mean, you potentially see any freshman possibly getting on the field. You said, Vincent, defensive back, possibly with a Royal or, or Buddy Mack, you think, maybe I, get I, some PT next year? I think it's possible. And I, I would say there, and I would say receiver uh, are, you know, two where we could see some true freshmen uh, really, really getting out there. Uh, and another receiver uh, that's possible that we, that we haven't talked about yet. How has not signed his letter of intent as of this live on tape recording, uh, but hopefully will on 30, Thursday. And coach kind of alluded to this Jordan Addison uh, out of Frederick, Maryland receiver. Uh, this guy had, had some offers from Notre Dame, Michigan, Virginia Tech, three stars uh, from rivals.com. This kid's an excellent athlete as well. It, he's by enrolling early. Uh, well, he, Addison not enrolling early, excuse me, but another guy that has the kind of athleticism, if he could jump in and pick up things quickly in the fall, he's going to have a chance to, to uh, get some playing time. 
And last thing we have here on our uh, on our recruiting sheet here, Vince, is uh, the defensive tackle Tim Brown, uh, six foot four, two hundred sixty pounder out of Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, offers from a lot of places, but crazy legal trouble, uh, charged with robbery, felony battery, kidnapping, and in in Florida. So I guess waiting waiting for the legal process to play out before uh, that that whole situation with that player gets taken care of. If at all, I mean, there's some other schools that have offers out to them as well. Yeah, a lot of a lot of just not good stuff. Uh, no, no other way to say that. Um, but I will say this: uh, coaches have been dying to visit this kid over the past month. So uh, it sounds like they're really do- doing their due diligence here, uh, and they'll, I guess, they'll be determining within the next couple months, uh, you know, whether this kid deserves a second chance, and we'll see what the legal process. Uh, b- brings on that. I mean, he may not even be eligible yeah. uh, to, to sign with the college. Who knows? Um, uh, if he's not, defensive tackle could be uh, a position where Pitt's got to go out and find somebody because he was the only yes. one that was committed sole, uh, sole, at the time. Sole big man on the defensive line that they had uh, lined up. But I got to say, Pam, I hope it's that's not the only way Pitt can get a recruit from you know beat out these other schools for a recruit. I mean, offers from Auburn, Florida, FSU, Ole Miss, and Penn State. I I, I just hope that's not the only way Pitt can get a guy beat out those schools for for a recruit is by him maybe losing stock because he he kidnapped somebody. That's not a good look. <laughs> no, not at all. But we did say uh, Aiden Henningham did have some good offers, wide receiver, Auburn, Florida, Kentucky, yeah. Mississippi State. And Javante Royal, Georgia, Florida, Florida State. Um, so a number of guys on Pittsburgh has had some good uh, good offers, a lot of a number of SEC offers as well, which you always like to see since that's always consistently the best conference um, with some of the best defenses as well. Yeah, but see, if you're a Pitt recruit, what you if, if Pitt's out to you and so is one of those SEC schools, what you also have to think about is uh, getting a solid education and playing for a coach that is willing to go for it at the goal. Wait, never mind. I don't want to. I don't want to go. Okay, never mind. All seriousness, maybe some of these guys know that they'll see the field more likely at Pitt than being the 15th string wide receiver at a of florida and auburn as yeah, well you're right you're right there's a lot of Look opportunity at someone like tyler boyd exactly a lot of opportunity and it's not like you, you can't get to the nfl playing for the Pitt panthers makes a lot of sense um and you know even narduzzi hasn't won a bowl game yet but he's churning out some nfl talent nfl caliber talent so uh hopefully these recruits are considering that whenever they send in their their commitment sheets via fax or PDF or whatever they do these days. Um, that it, Vince, in terms of recruiting this week? Uh, I think real, uh, that goes over all the recruits that we did get. Uh, now, it's important to keep in mind that this is just the first signing period. Early, we'll have one, yes. Uh, we'll have one again in February. Uh, real quick, just want to go over you know everybody's thoughts here about what the Panthers need to add to their class and, and kind of finish that out. Quarterback, Alan. Uh, no quarterback taken. Uh, coach did talk about this today at his press conference and kind of said, we're not going to just take somebody just to take them. And, you know, yeah, they were in on some kids, but, you know, at the end of the day, did not sign anybody. 
I, I don't want to take somebody just for the sake of taking them, although taking a quarterback in every class seems seems very important to me. Yeah, I mean, that just I feels a bad look. Even if it's a quarterback that you're not excited about or you really are never even planning on playing, just the fact that you have one coming in, it, it just looks good. That If you're a recruit out there and see Pitt, didn't bring in a quarterback this year? What's that say to you as a, as a quarterback, uh, high school quarterback looking for a college to play? I mean, it just looks like they don't that the position's not a priority or something for Pat Narduzzi. Well, to me. I, I, I wouldn't. I'm not that concerned about it. And, and you know, I I used to think that bringing one every year you had to, so you didn't get in a situation where it was like, oh my God, you know, we don't have enough guys here. But there there's so many uh, kids that are out there that are transferring. Uh, especially graduate transfers, immediate eligibility. I mean, you could just look at the playoffs here. Uh, LSU and Oklahoma, they got two graduate transfers starting for them. Uh, one of them was a Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner. You're talking about uh, Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts like they're like they're like the Illinois quarterback who was just tired of playing at Illinois or something. Those are elite guys. The other situations well, where you're getting, I, I, you know, the other situations I, you don't want to be in are like what Florida State stealing a, a mediocre, if that, quarterback from Wisconsin this year. I mean, that's what you don't want to be in. I, I don't want that. Wrong way. I was thinking of Chad Wojtek, but yeah. he was here and then he transferred. Or or yeah. the other or the other dude who went and played at Kansas from Pitt. Yeah. Well, Alan. It, it wasn't that long ago that LSU was starting guys at quarterback like like that Danny Etling kid. And then <laughs> and, and it's not like Joe Burrow was some huge coup for Edge Ogeron. And then last year, uh people were still questioning down in the bayou whether he was gonna be uh you know the guy or not. And then he just had this amazing season. So I uh, you know he, th- there are quarterbacks out there to be had. So I'm I'm not too concerned about this, and we still do have three on uh you know, three scholarship quarterbacks on the roster, and with a, a limited scholarship class, I, I'm I'm not too concerned about it, especially also when we have only recruited two, we've only signed two offensive linemen uh, at this point, big guys. Uh, they can maybe make up for <laughs> for additional offensive linemen. They got that kind of size. But still, yep. I, I think we need more quality players on the offensive line. We could have never have enough offensive line. Yeah, I'd like to see like maybe a graduate transfer or someone really? from community college on the offensive line. Really? Yeah, get some more depth in there. I, I just okay. want to see someone who knows how to line up, not hold, not get put an illegal <laughs> hand to the face, well, and not fall start. I want someone with some experience. Okay. Yeah. Do you, all right, so Pitt was very young this year on the offensive line. Uh, they're going to be bringing three starters back, plus a couple other guys that played a lot. Do, do you really feel that there's an immediate need uh, at offensive line? I think that, depth, and it's a position that injuries could happen as well. So I think they need some depth there, yeah. Guys that are already developed. Do you think that that, that is more important right now than bringing in another guy and grooming him to to eventually be at that, that point? So the reason, so Nolan Aluzio who they brought in as a graduate transfer here, played right tackle the whole season for the most part, uh, didn't have the best of season. Uh, You're cherry picking one example. I'm just saying, if you just asked me, 
what position. I think maybe a more experienced offensive lineman that can stay still might be helpful. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I'm I'm with you, Pam. You got me there. I I, I don't know. I've I've felt over the past several years that these offensive line recruits can be very good. Uh, I understand that there were not, you know, four and five star players in this group, but I felt with the right coaching and the right talent uh, evaluation out of high school, I thought that that these offensive linemen eventually could be very good. Unfortunately, this year we kind of had a lot of them that were very young all at the same time. But I, I'm I'm really expecting some nice things out of this offensive I line. I hope ne- you're right year. there. I that's what I I hope you're right there, Vince, because that's what you're banking on here. Yeah. Not bringing in any, not having any other kind of like Pam said, experienced offensive linemen in the mix next year. They're all these guys who went through these growing pains, and hopefully that's all it was this year. That's what. And we, you not, lose your center, Jimmy Marcy, right? No, he he will mm-hmm. be back. He'll be He'll back. Be back. Yeah. Not at the same time. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Pam. But what I do agree with, if there is a very good uh, transfer offensive lineman out there, I think you absolutely you, you got to explore that. Uh, but um, overall, I think we're in agreement that we do need a couple more offensive line. Yeah, and I think overall, what I learned most most importantly here with all of our crew and talk is that. Pitt is just one Joe Burrow away from having the Heisman Trophy winner and being number one in the nation. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Maybe you could say that, Todd. All it takes in college football these days is just one grad transfer quarterback and maybe a ton of money from boosters and bag men like LSU has. But uh, Pitt uh, is doing a solid job uh, otherwise in terms of uh, getting the backbone of the team in place where Pat Narduzzi is going to keep on, I, I feel, having good defenses. Hopefully a running game will will appear next season. And uh, excited to see Kenny Pickett again, actually, because I thought at the end, well, not the very end, but right before the very end, Pam, Kenny Pickett had some moments. Yeah, he definitely did. I'd like, I'm interested to see, we'll talk about it in our next episode about the bowl game, but uh, how he finishes, if he can go out on a high note and carry some of that momentum into the off season. And in terms of recruiting, look at what for Kenny Pickett here, Vince, Kenny Pickett's going to get to close out his career, not ever worrying whatsoever about any kind of incumbent guy pushing him for his job at all. It's it's interesting to think about that. I, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily want to say that Nick Patty and Davis Bevel cannot overtake him, but it, it seems a little unlikely, but you know, maybe it could. It It's, I'd say highly unlikely, but you never say never. Who knows what will happen over the course of the off season. Um, maybe Mark Whipple will fall in love with, with uh, Bevel or Patty, but uh, right now Kenny Pickett gets to be the man another year and not have to worry about Pitt having one of those pesky quarterback recruits coming in uh let us know what you think of the recruiting class at h2p show uh the early signing period come and gone february will be the next one at h2p show of course on twitter and instagram or our brand new panther line until they tell us not to use that for copyright issues uh 412-407-3387 that's 412-407-3387 um all right, there you go. The Pat signal is uh, is out, and uh, hopefully more to come. Uh, Henry Parrish, change your mind, man. Quit looking around. 
follow the cathedral. How about how about some hoops now, Pam? Starting with the men. The the Northern yeah. Illinois game. It was it was raining in the Peterson Event Center. Yeah, I I missed the first half of this game. I had to work, but I was following it live on social media, and it wasn't looking good for the Panthers for a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> they trailed most of the game. They were down pretty significantly early on due to some bad shooting, um, and they were end up being four seventeen from three point, which isn't going to win you a lot of games in the <laughs> ACC. It's it about barely- when. It's about when you make those three-pointers. But uh, even if they hit them all at the end of the ACC, it might just be in uh, garbage time if they're <laughs> they're shooting that poorly there. Um, but McGowan's led this team, um, really carried them with 18 points down and led them down the stretch there. Champagny had a pretty nice game too. I mean, he was smashing it into the hoop on some alley-oops and some breakaways, Vince. A little bit of the bubbly for the Panthers, who, yeah, were trailing a lot, but I thought showed some resilience, at least in that game, pulling away. I mean, they went on a hell of a run at the end of the game to just take over. Yeah, they did. And this is always a weird time. You know, you're coming right off a of finals week. Oh, man. Uh, you, Waiting for really grades. Getting, yeah. You're not really getting practices with the whole team. So this it's always a weird game. So the fact that you came out of it, with a win, especially for this team, if you're coming out with a win, I, there's not too much I could complain about at this point. So the Pitt men's basketball team, in terms of the schedule, uh, not quite to that ACC schedule. Remember, January 4th, it all begins with Wake Forest. Two more before that, though. And uh, this coming Friday, so well, that you might have already, it might have already happened by the time you listen to this, depending on when you listen to the show. But Friday the 20th, uh, the Pitt Panthers will be taking on Binghamton at home. And then after the holidays, it'll be Canisius at home on a Monday afternoon. And then New Year's and January 4th, Wake Forest. That's the men's schedule. The women uh, have some games coming up, but we got to look back at that moment. You you highlight, you spotlighted earlier, Pam. Uh, Kyla Nelson rejoining the team after uh, a, a cancer scare. Uh, I mean, super awesome to see. I remember uh, I was in a class last semester and we were doing stuff, uh, broadcasting, uh, looking at like tape of the women's basketball team and interviews. And everybody was talking about Kyla Nelson's uh, struggle that she was going through at the time with cancer. So we all like put together and sent her a card. And I'll tell you this, she had a ton of support. And I mean, she was really made it clear, I mean, right out, right when she was diagnosed that she was, you know, f- going to fight to be back uh, this season. And I don't think anybody doubted her, Pam, and there she was uh, returning for the Panthers this past week. Yeah, she had a tumor on her, on her appendix. She even had a part of her colon removed, she said in an interview last night. The game was on ACC Network, so we watched it here in this household. Um, very inspirational um, her surgery wasn't until October 6th, I believe, or first week of October. Um, so her just, she was talking about just getting her legs back under her. Um, she played in two to three minute stints there. Um, and she finished with 13 minutes. And going into this year and last year, Nelson was a good shooter for this Panthers team. Um, so I feel like once she gets her legs back and continues to get back um, in game shape here, which 
is going to take some time, but she did great last night. Um, she talked about before the game, even just getting back on the court uh, was going to be good. Uh, she was a little worried about her conditioning, but she did great. And I think she'll be able, once she gets her shot back and gets her legs back under her, be that uh, three-point uh, shooter that the Panthers really need here. Like legit need. I mean, they are, they struggle yeah. from deep, and she is, I would say, their best three point shooters returning now. Yeah, by far. And and and, I mean that that'll hopefully uh, help them avoid losses like the one they just had. Although they put up uh, seventy one, which uh, it might be is that that's close to their high for the for the season, isn't it, Pam? I mean, they, I think they yeah, had eighty it's... in a win earlier this year, but that's pretty high. Yeah, and they were without Aisha Bug um, as well, who is their leading scorer. And you really saw them struggle um, on the defensive end as well, but also on the offensive end. There was no help for Gabby Green. She had, a, I believe, a career high or a season high. 23 points. 23 points, but Aisha Bug not being there didn't give them that secondary scoring option. Um, she was out with a hand contusion uh every all reports indicate that was super super precautionary uh what you like to see in this game was the Panthers trailed by 19 at one point and they were able to come back what really hurt them was a tough second quarter they just could not get anything going and uh Miami made a little run there Miami of Ohio uh, it was 18 to 5 in the second quarter there so the Panthers fail to get their fourth win of the season against Miami of Ohio. Their next opportunity at victory will be at Cincinnati and hopefully some revenge also for the volleyball loss too. think about that December 21st. That's this coming Saturday. And then ACC play begins the 30th for them at North Carolina on December 30th. That's Pitt women's basketball, Pitt men's basketball. I saw coach Capel at an Apple store Vince, uh, but my phone was getting worked on, so sorry. Couldn't get the selfie with him. Um, but he looked happy for the holidays. I didn't want to bug him. He looked like he was buying a computer. Hopefully a present for somebody. <laughs> Hopefully not for a recruit. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> it was probably for one of his kids. I'm, I assumed. I assumed. It is the what holidays. What kind of computer was it? Well, I mean, a Mac, obviously. It was at the Apple store. A, a laptop? Uh, oh, no. Uh, it was one of those big all-in-ones. Giant screen. All right, are you ready to hear what they're uh, saying on on the internet, on the pit internet here? Um, I don't know. They can be using their phones or Macs or PCs, but they're talking Pit Panthers, Pam. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's go. All, all around the pit internet we go. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good dog football team. I'm proud of these guys. This first one comes from Reddit, and these are all from Reddit this week because it was very active with Pit Panther talk. This one's from user Bars Pub, talking Cruton, who said, "I live in Warner Robins, Georgia, and work with Jalen Barden's dad. He's a four-star wide receiver. Y'all are getting a heck of a football player. Kid has great hands and elite speed." His pops said Tennessee came on late, but they love Pitt. He's signing today. That's from user Bars Pub, Vince. Uh, that's you gotta like hearing that a firsthand account. I I like whatever people go to Reddit to tell them that I worked with a guy's dad and he's gonna be special for you. That's very nice of you. Don't have to do that. To do, but no, you don't. I mean, I don't know if this user Bars Pub roots for Pitt, but he's getting Pitt people hyped. 
and I appreciate that. Especially on, like he's especially <laughs> on the ahead. toxic internet. It, it sounds like he's just a huge Jalen Barden fan, and and I can't blame him. I'm looking forward to being one as well. Uh, this next one comes in response to Pat Narduzzi's quote where he said, we've reached an ACC championship. Our goal is not just to get there. Our goal is to get there and win the thing. And Pam, uh, a user on Reddit, CXM1060, uh, did not really like that uh, at all. Um, he had something to say about that, saying, oh, man, this is bad. What a load of hot air. Nards guarantees ACC title. How about winning nine games first? Than talking bigger picture. Um, don't. Why wouldn't you want the coach to say what? we want to win an ACC Ex title game? Exactly. What? It's not like they were playing Clemson the next week and saying we're going to beat them next week for the title. I have no problem with what Narduzzi said. I'd rather my coach say, "Yeah, we're going to win," as opposed to, "Eh, we're going to shoot for nine wins. Probably end up around seven. We'll see what happens." <laughs> You know, we're looking somewhere at the seven to nine range this year. I don't know. Whatever comes. I'm, I have no problem with what Narduzzi said. If you ask any coach in America, <laughs> what, what what's your goal for the season? They're going to say win the league, win the conference. Like, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, we just want to make it to a bowl game. I, New Mexico is really nice. We'd like to get to that one. Maybe Detroit again. Uh, this I think maybe this has something to do with how Reddit put the kibosh on bashing Narduzzi this week. So there was a lot of talk on this comment on Reddit. I noticed that too. Yeah, C CXM's 1060 took this opportunity to maybe circumvent that rule. Um, calling it a load of hot air. I think you are just loaded with hatred for, for Nards there, CXM. And you need to check yourself and expect your coach to want to win championships. I mean, come on. Just common sense. Last one here on the Pitternet comes from every Pitt student on our Pitt saying, where the F are my grades? And I'm in there with them. Where are my grades? They were supposed to be out two days ago. I don't have them all yet, Pam. And I'm sitting here on the edge of my seat waiting for results. That's terrible. Terrible waiting game. <laughs> the waiting's the hardest part. I want to know. Are the straight A's here? Did we get them or not? See, I... What would you think if at the beginning of this this coming semester, Vince, I said, I, I've been, I've gotten straight A's before. I want to get them again. Would you say that that's bogus and I should just root for maybe a 3.0? No, you should you gotta, always root for. <laughs> you got to root for a championship. Root for perfection. Exactly. All right. Well, hopefully everybody gets their grades by the time they listen to this episode. I know I haven't gotten mine as of the live on tape recording. Now we went from, as we do, the imaginary world of the internet, and now let's go to real life, Vince, what they're talking about all over town, from, from Oakland to Greenfield, all the way out there, up towards Zelianople. They're, even, they're talking about Pitt going into the bowl game and, of course, reacting to the early signing period. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, this may not be like the South where, you know, uh, you know uh, you know, schools are canceled and jobs are shut down because of, of signing day. But there's still people talking about it around here. Uh, and I can't wait to hear what they have to say. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Trying to find out what the answers are saying.
Yeah, I ain't never heard any of these kids. You know, why can't we get more kids out of WPIL? I know that. I heard, I mean, all you got to do is rec recruit all them kids from Woodland Hills and Central Catholic, maybe a couple from TJ, one from Aliquippa, and we'd win the whole national championship. Easy. Yeah, that's why I like Coach Wanstat. You know, he was going to build a wall around Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's a shame they fired him. But, you know, they get Chirpak or, them, or maybe get Bob Palco to come out to pit. I mean, on the staff at least, you know, and the kids around here are becoming the win it all. It will pit. So that's what the Yinzers are saying. Uh, like them or not, Dave Wanstead was always getting some of the best Whippeal players. Uh, can't can't ever dispute that. Uh, but uh, we are going to be talking about this huge bowl game, Pitt, Eastern Michigan, in next week's episode. Make sure you look for that early in the week. Uh, but right now, Alan, we're going to be talking about uh, two of the biggest games in the country, uh, these college football semifinals. Oh, college football playoff. When we return for our regularly scheduled programming, uh, we will have seen, I'm hoping, the two best semifinals ever with LSU taking on the player that they could never beat in Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma and then Clemson in Ohio State. Never been more jacked for a college football semifinal. And I hope it never goes to eight games because when we get the, the four that belong there, and that's what we got this year, it is mwah, perfection. And got to say, got to admit, I'm rooting for a Tigers versus Tigers final, Pam. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see as well. Come on, Clemson. Come on, LSU. One thing I want to talk about uh, in the LSU-Oklahoma game the over under is sixty or seventy six in that game, and I've heard reports that that number for the over under can even rise a little bit. Really? These teams are going to come out. Um, there's a lot of hope that they're going to come out with and score a lot of points as well. Oklahoma's offense uh, early on came out um, looking sharp, and they've scored points throughout the year. They haven't looked as sharp in in those first few games as they did in those first few games, and. Um, we all know the Joe Burrow machine with Coach O. I, I, I'm so excited. LSU is favored at the Westgate by 13 and a half. Um, I think it's going to – it's a big number there. I think it's going to be a little closer um, than 13 and a half. Not much. I think LSU is going to take care of business here against Oklahoma, even though it's going to be um, probably like a 12-point game in my mind. I think it's still going to be exciting. I think it's going to be – Close for a couple quarters, maybe. LSU is going to pull away and dominate. Um, that Oklahoma defense just doesn't have. I don't even think what Texas had bringing bringing that into the game with against LSU, and that was back when LSU was still figuring themselves out. They are well oiled right now, Vince, and they still got guys out there that are trying to out. They're competing against each other for NFL draft stock. That's how good this team is. Yeah, they they are very good. Yeah, just across the board. Um, in this game, you know, Oklahoma. I, I I hear what you're saying, Alan, uh, about Jalen Hurts. You know, somebody that LSU hasn't beaten. Uh, yeah, they got some good players on offense, specifically C.D. Lamb. But but this this defense is still not great uh, for Oklahoma. And we we've seen LSU this year. They will not take their foot off the gas uh, and, and they will just keep coming. 
I don't think Oklahoma has enough uh, kind of in the tank uh, to go 60 minutes with this team. Unless Lincoln Riley has some very, very you know, elaborate coaching scheme that we don't know about. I, I was surprised to see this number opened at 10 at the Westgate. Uh, you know, it's ris- risen up to, you know, four points a lot, a lot of places. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see how LSU uh, c- can lose this game. Uh, they just, uh, just across the board, uh, they are just they are just too good for Oklahoma. They would have to play really bad, I think, uh, I, to lose this. Game. I'm telling you, you they have the, Joe Burrow is great this year, but we're really talking about a team that might have four NFL wide receivers, maybe more. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is ridiculous. And Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall, Dorothy Anderson's big tall gigantic ass in there too this team is so loaded on offense and oklahoma has shown this year that you know they're they just have to outscore teams to to have a shot i mean this is this is an overwhelming matchup on paper but anything could happen when jalen hurts is taking on lsu that's the one well, thing. think about <laughs> i i don't know about that i it, just think about this though you know the defensive backs for LSU are so much better than anything Oklahoma has played mm-hmm. all year. These guys are, aren't going to be able to get as open easily. And uh, Jalen Hurts is not the quarterback to make those kind of tight throws. He's going to have to win this game on his own. Yeah. Uh, and, and But that's why I think I think Jalen Hurts can keep it, keep it close. If it's close, it'll all be because of him, and it's because he's using his legs, and LSU is getting maybe gassed on defense. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think if LSU this season has play played a a quarterback that has the the moxie of a Jalen Hurts. Now, when they took on Tua, that was I would say like a 25 percent Tua. So they they did get the benefit of a banged up Tua. But well, they played Sam Ellinger. Uh, but for I don't. Would you, would you put? Do you put Sam Ellinger on the same level of a of a Jalen Hurts in terms of? I would. I think they're both of those guys are weak sauce in big game in the big game. I mean, Ellinger had his legend of Bo (laughs) Nix. That's growing. (laughs) Ellinger has been spotty at best. Fromm has just not proven it in the big game. Ellinger is the maybe, but still, I think they all pale compared to what Jalen Hurts can do in a big moment. And who knows what kind of level he could take it to in this game. I'm just saying don't underestimate him. I'm picking LSU to win easily, but don't underestimate Jalen Hurts, especially in this moment. This is what he went to Oklahoma for. And then, of course, there's the game that will be close that is, I mean, really tough to pick because Clemson just hasn't been tested. And Ohio State's pretty much looked solid all season long, except for maybe a couple quarters, quarter and a half, Pam. They've been yeah. pretty consistent. Yeah, a couple quarters there in the the first half of the Wisconsin Big Ten Championship game. And then a couple quarters there in that Penn State game. It looked like, you know, when Fields fumbled the ball basically on the goal line, um, looked like they fell asleep there. A few series in that game as well. But I'm excited about this game as well. This Clemson defensive defense hasn't gotten the recognition it deserves because of the competition they played and I think they're going to come out and they're going to shut down Hurts I I mean uh Justin Fields here I really do 
Yeah, that's where he, you you really got to draw the the big uh, circle around the, the 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 matchups. I think Vince right is those quarterbacks because Lawrence has been there. Like we're talking about, you know, experience and moxie and all that. Justin Fields, I don't know. I don't know if I could trust him in this kind of moment compared to what Trevor Lawrence showed last year. Yeah, I I I certainly don't trust him. Uh, you know, he. I think I think you know Dabo with with close to a month to prepare, we'll, we'll be ready uh, for, for this kid. And yeah, there's a lot of great athletes on Ohio state, but this Clemson defense, like you said, Pam is very good. Not, not, they don't have the D line that Clemson had last year, well, they but they're still NFL up, picks, across yeah. the board are, are very good. You know, and maybe one of the best defenses in the country, uh, and Ohio State's defense is very good too. This could be, uh, I see this maybe could be a, a low scoring game. This 63 and a half total right now. Uh, I could see this game going under. I really could. But at the end of the day, yeah, Clemson just has too much firepower, don't you think? For, yeah. Uh, over Ohio State. I think the, ma- the matchup it's, is the two running backs here Travis Etienne and J.K. Dobbins, two of the top five guys in the country. Um, by any measure, and I think if Clemson can not only contain Fields but shut down Dobbins, they'll be in great shape here. Um, I just don't think we've seen the full potential of Clemson this season, and Dabo has this team exactly where he wants them, and yes, no one believes in us. (laughs) We started out the year as number one. They dropped us to three, and we didn't even lose a game. This is exactly where Dabo shines. (laughs) <laughs> yeah us against the world everybody expected us to be here all season but they doubted us at the same time um yeah i don't know how he sells it but he does i actually disagree pam i think these running backs are gonna not cancel each other out but i think just get canceled out by the defense i think that these defenses are going to be good at bottling dobbins and etienne out the, yeah, they might with chase they, young they might get uh plays in the passing game i think is where they mm-hmm. might they might uh succeed especially dobbins i could see um helping fields out a lot um but i think fields making plays with his legs and lawrence being fearless down the field is is what i'm looking forward to in this game and uh yeah it's just oh my goodness like top down the matchups player for player i mean it's oh, it's gorgeous on paper and hopefully the game is as good because this is i mean it, if you're a member on that committee, you got to be super excited. This is amazing. This is Ohio State and Clemson. Yeah. The game that happened a few years ago, it was a classic, and we're getting it on a gigantic <laughs> stage now. A classic 30 to nothing victory for no, the Tigers. No, I'm talking about the other one, the 40 to whatever it was. The the I just watched it. It was from probably 2015 or 14. It was back when oh, Sammy Watkins man. was at Clemson. It was like a 47 to 40 game or something. It was very close. Back when, Great Clemson, game that just, was. when, <laughs> when Clemson just started their run. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a this is the prime time game for the re- for a reason. 8 p.m. Eastern start. Just just good on good all, all over. Very tough to pick. I'm picking the Clemson Tigers to win though. Uh by six. Yeah. I'm going to give them get by a touchdown uh, late. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think Clemson – and I'll tell you something right now, especially if Clemson gets up in this game, uh, you know, they, they could run away with it. 
And then if it's LSU and Clemson, Pam, loser has to can no longer be called the Tigers. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Get the chancellors of both universities to put the stipulation, make the bet, and that will be raise the stakes a little for the national title game. We could talk about that later, though. Uh, enjoy the college football semifinals, everybody, because they are going to be good. Very good. Um, and uh, if Jalen Hurts wins, um, I'm going to say I kind of told you so, Vince. Even yeah, though I didn't. You'll, you'll be able to say that, I, th- I think. <laughs> Do I? I mean, I'm, I'm picking LSU, but I, at the same time, like Dabo at the same time is an underdog and a favorite. At the same time, I'm picking LSU and I'm going to say I told you so when Oklahoma wins. That's fair. All right. Just so everyone's clear, going into this playoff, it is going to be awesome. And hopefully uh, the Pit Bowl game will be awesome. We're going to have an entire mini-sode previewing the Quick Lane Bowl. Pam, I cannot wait. Yep. Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit, everybody. We will see you next time. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And don't forget, we got that new voicemail for you. The Panther Line, 412 412- Four zero seven three three eight seven. Want to get that out there for everybody so you could start calling in and hailing the pit.